When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. The ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, all of our ESPN stations across the country. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Happy Halloween for those listening on the radio side. Around the room, what are you for Halloween? Michelle Smallman. Cruella DeVille. Chris Canty. Uh, I have no official title. I would just say that I had to cleanse myself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka this morning. (laughs) A.K.A. Prince. And I'm just an 80s guy. That's what I am. And I have a wig in my mouth right now. (laughs) Happy Halloween to everyone. Today is going to be fun. Today may be the most eventful day in our uh, the short history of our show. The amount of things going on. Let's see if we can just quickly recap it. And you heard from Jay Reynolds there in the um, in the intro from Sports Center all night here on ESPN Radio. What do you have? James Harden's a member of the L.A. Clippers in a trade that Adrian Wojnarowski first reported. The Detroit Lions win on Monday Night Football over the Vegas Raiders. The Texas Rangers take a two-one lead in the World Series over the Arizona Diamondbacks, and of course, the World Series heard here on ESPN Radio. Let's start, yes? And NFL trade deadline. And NFL trade deadline is today (laughs) at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And oh, by the way, oh, by the way. Oh, and oh, by the way, the Giants made a move yesterday. Leonard Williams going to Seattle, which is a very good move. CC asked the question yesterday, just off the cuff, hey, which team makes a put over the top or attempted a put over the top? I don't know that we took Seattle, but good job by them going in and get Leonard Williams. But let's start with the big deal last night in the NBA as James Harden and P.J. Tucker, the two primary pieces, going to the L.A. Clippers and the 76ers get, and I have to say it this way because it's important for the sake of the conversation, the expiring contracts of Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, Kenyon Martin Jr., a 28 first-round pick, two second-round picks, a 2029 uh, pick swap and this is what's interesting this trade is not technically done yet because there will be a third team involved at some point with an additional first round pick who that team is we don't know yet but James Harden acts like a malcontent at times and gets what he wants he's going to the Clippers CC yeah the squeaky wheel gets the grease now the juxtaposition of James Harden acting a donkey in Philadelphia to force his way out versus how Dame acted with the Portland Trailblazers and not getting his preferred destination. Just goes to show you that being a nice guy in the NBA doesn't get you anywhere. James Harden knows the formula to get out of his current situation and get to his preferred destination. And you give credit where credit is due. Daryl Moore put together an outstanding deal. This ain't the great train robbery with the Herschel Walker trade, but it's damn near close because now the Sixers have positioned themselves to be able to get another star to go along with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. You mentioned the four expiring contracts that they acquired. They have a 2028 unprotected first-round pick from the L.A. Clippers that's going to have a tremendous amount of value around NBA circles. So you just look at this situation on its face and you say, the Sixers are primed to make a move for another star, 
And all of a sudden, an Eastern Conference where we thought had just a big two with the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks now has a third team poised to enter the chat in the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm surprised that he got what he wanted. I know that if you were trying to put the puzzle together, this was the most likely outcome, but it just felt like they were at an impasse and that there was a situation where maybe Philly and Daryl Morey didn't want to give James Harden what he wanted, but he ends up going to the Clippers where he wants to be. He's being traded for the fourth time in his NBA career, which is tied for the most by any former MVP in league history. And you wonder if this time it's going to work out for him. You wonder if he's going to be able to get what he wants and get a championship because the Clippers now have three of the top six active scorers in the NBA who haven't won an NBA title, including James Harden now. So they're really hungry <laughs> oh, to get Russ this Russ being the third. You got yeah. me confused. I'm like, Kawhi's one title. Russ? Russ. Yeah, Russ. Russ. <laughs> Sorry, and Paul George. Yeah. And Paul George. So they have three guys there who haven't gotten it done that are hungry, a lot of talent together, and we'll see if they can make it happen. All right, I don't have a pencil on me, but I'm going to say not so fast, my friends, like Lee Corso does on game day presented by Home Depot on Saturdays. Here's my thing on this. Everything you said, CC, in my opinion, is exactly right, but the thing you said at the end is the key. Poised to enter the chat. The Sixers are not in that chat yet. They're not with Boston and Milwaukee yet. So what they do with all of these expiring contracts, they basically have an empty... I'm talking seriously, looking like an absolute idiot into the camera right <laughs> It's now. been hard for me to not laugh. I mean, I'm like having, trying to have a... I'm have looking, some poise, I'm Evan. literally talking to a poise. man with purple eye makeup and a guitar on his lap. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, bad boy. Um, so here's the thing with Philly. I think that Philly has done two things. They have set themselves up to get a superstar. Nobody on their roster outside of Embiid next year. They will extend Maxi in the offseason, so no he'll doubt. be on that roster. Yep. But at the same time, they have also let us know that they are going to waste another year of, James, of, of Joel Embiid's career. This is not going to be a championship year. I don't believe they're going to end up with a superstar player this year. I think it's more likely in the offseason than it is the regular season. Remember, they have to wait a couple of months now to trade some of these guys unless they're trading them individually, which it will not bring you back. No, you're not going to trade them individually. What you're going to do is wait until the NBA trade deadline yep. in February. But I, I, I would contend that the NBA season doesn't start until Christmas. Yeah. I mean, there are so many wins that you can run into by virtue of just playing hard. And we know with their new head coach, Nick Nurse, that's going to be requisite. So I, I still believe that they can add a piece at some point this season, a, a third star to this roster, that will make a material difference in what the outcome of their season is. Again, you're, you're talking about being able to have the second half of the season and early on in the playoffs in order to develop chemistry and build toward becoming a true title contender. I think it's a possibility just depending on who they trade for. Is it going to be Donovan Mitchell? Is it going to be Pascal Siakam, knowing the history that he has with Nick Nurse? I think there are a lot of interesting possibilities in terms of trade targets for the Sixers. Now, the word on the street is that the Sixers are looking to add another backcourt star with Tyrese Maxey. But I think they have a lot of assets that are going to be attractive around NBA circles. And the best thing that Nick Nurse, uh, the best thing that Nick Nurse and Daryl Morey can sell to Joel Embiid is that we are positioned to add another star to make life easier for you and to take advantage of you while you're at the height of your powers. I think it was a tremendous move. If they're if you're grading a trade and you're trying to figure out who won and who lost, don't think long. The 76ers absolutely won this deal. I, I think both teams actually ac- accomplish what their goals are right now. Because now we may not like it from a Clippers perspective. The Clippers have to win right now. 
They have no choice. They did not extend Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They're in a win-now mode. This, in their minds, gets them better right now. Does it get them better in your eyes? Yes, actually it does. You I, think it makes them better? Yeah, okay. my eyes are covered by 1980 sunglasses, so okay. maybe they're blurred a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, I think it actually does get them better because what do the Clippers have? The problem with the Clippers is their guys don't play during the regular season. No. So finding a guy who actually does play during the regular season makes sense for them. This team in the regular season, I think, will be dominated by James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Now, it's not, you know, 2014, 2013 anymore, so I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing, but I actually think it does get the Clippers better for this year. The 2028 unprotected pick doesn't matter if you're Lawrence Frank who runs that team because you're not going to be the GM at that point anyway. Okay, let me rephrase the question that I asked. Where does it put them in the Western Conference? It might make them better. Does it put them any closer to being able to come out of the West? Does it put them closer to the Denver Nuggets? Does it put them closer to the Golden State Warriors? Does it put them closer to the Phoenix Suns and the L.A. Lakers? I don't think it does. Well, here's what I would say. I don't think it does. I I agree with you to to some extent. But if you told me one of the two teams from this trade won a championship this year, I actually think it's more likely the Clippers do than the than the Sixers in do. In what world? Just because if Kawhi somehow some way is healthy, I know what he can do in the playoffs. Somehow some way. Oh, but Joel Embiid, does nothing. Does nothing in the tell, postseason. Tell him about it, Cruella. Please tell him. He never. You're, tell him you're hoping for health. You're hoping, and you're hoping for, for, for help too with Joel. Joel gets hurt every postseason. You're he hasn't got hurt the last couple of years. Though. He was hurt last year. Well, he, was hurt, he was hurt last year, but he, he still had an opportunity to make an impact in the and postseason. And the year before, he got hurt uh, in the first couple of games against Miami. He didn't play before Miami lost to Boston in the in the conference championship. He's always hurt in the, hurt in the postseason. He never plays in the conference, title, uh, conference championship round. I think it's more likely still, still, that Joel Embiid asks out, then they get a perfect superstar next to him. You bring up Donovan Mitchell. If they can get Donovan Mitchell, that would, in theory, be great. It's a small def- backcourt that is not good defensively. I think the perfect split of the difference here is I wonder if they make a run at DeMar DeRozan, who's on mm. an expiring deal, who can help them right now. You give up a pick, and you can match some of these contracts in a couple of months to get him. He's the one that I wonder if Philadelphia gives up because it, it accomplishes what you've said, CeCe which is have that flexibility going into the offseason, which they still want. Yeah, but now you have the flexibility because you were able to get rid of the P.J. Tucker contract, which yep. has a player option in 2024-2025. You, you don't have to deal with that anymore. That's gone. So I, I just Correct. think that now you're positioned to go after whoever you want. You have the draft picks. You have the expiring contracts. You can go and get a player that's on a max contract that's another star, that's a malcontent at another place, and be able to pair him with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. I, I don't I don't agree with you at all when you say that you think it's more likely that Embiid asks out than rather than stay. I think this move all but solidifies and makes sure that Joel Embiid will finish his career as a 76er just because of the resources that they have to be able to add another player. And here's the great part about where Darren Moore is. Now that James Harden is gone, his partner in all of this, in terms of building a team, is Joel Embiid. He can go to Joel Embiid and say, you handpicked the guy that you want to come play alongside you with Tyrese Maxey. Who do you want us to go out and get? Who puts us closer this year? Who allows us to build for the future? This is our decision together, and we now have the resources to be able to make said decision. You're 1,000% right. And let me add one other piece to this as to why I'm making the argument I'm making. I believe they'll swing and miss. My projection would be that Philly's going to go out there and swing and miss. I don't have faith in that organization. There's been too many examples. And Daryl Morey, everybody says a great GM, but he does not build title teams. 
He doesn't. He was so close with the Rockets. He's been close with the Sixers. I don't have the faith in him that everyone else does. So part of this for me is Daryl Morey with flexibility. I don't look at it as a positive thing. Well, I, I don't know how you say that. I mean, he was a hamstring away from getting to the conference finals against the Golden State Warriors in the heart of their prime as a dynasty. I, here's what I'll say. I, I mean, you can say you don't have confidence in Daryl Morey, but he's the one that was the architect of this deal. Where everybody knew that he had to trade James Harden, he came up with the best deal, and there was only one buyer involved. And think about all of the things that he was able to get. Multiple first-round draft picks, including one that's unprotected. Pick swaps, all expiring contracts, and in the interim, being able to get rid of P.J. Tucker's contract, too. But like you, you've cleared the decks in order to add the salary of a, a star player that can fit in with Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. And here's the thing. He doesn't have to be your first option, the star that you acquire. He doesn't even have to be your second option. If you get a third star, a guy on any given night that can dial it up and give you 20-plus points and be able to share the load when it comes to impacting the game with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid, this team all of a sudden is in the mix to be in the conference finals. And that's been a long time since the Philadelphia 76ers could have real aspirations about breaking through and actually getting to the championship round. I would just add one other thing on the Clippers side. Again, there's like I don't I wouldn't vote for the argument you're making. I would also say nothing you're saying would be factually incorrect or the masses probably agree with you on this. Sure. I agree with I, I'm not arguing that part of it. From the Clippers' perspective, I would say they gave up four players that in a postseason are not rotation players to get two starters. And a 2028 pick that none of these people will be there in 2028. That If they're going to make, hey, this is why we won the deal, I think that would be their argument. Well, the, the whole point of the pick is to be able to bring back another star, right? Yep. That's the value mm-hmm. of the pick. And so trading picks in the future is the way of the world in the NBA. It makes all the sense in the world for them to do that. Whether you think that they were going to use that pick or not, whether the people that are in the building now will be there in 2028 is inconsequential because it's a matter of using the pick as an asset to get closer to your goal. And ultimately, that pick is now in Philly's back pocket as opposed to the Clippers. So the Clippers don't have a lot of ways that they can get better as a team. And when you're in a position where you got to depend on health for Kawhi Leonard, for Paul George, James Harden pulls no-shows in the postseason, and then Russell Westbrook, I just I don't know if that's a great place to be in if you're uh, Steve Ballmer and the L.A. Clippers. You could be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. Who won the deal so far, the Clippers or the 76ers? The man who broke the story, Adrian Wojnarowski, scheduled to join us in about 15 minutes. But coming up, is it time to adjust our expectations on the Detroit Lions. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, 
so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Just your obvious Halloween morning. The Lions are 6-2. and two. James Harden is a member of the Clippers. Of course. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. I'd suggest, if you have the opportunity to, to put us on the ESPN app or ESPN2 right now, see our Halloween costumes, see our getup. <laughs> I don't know that any show has done it better than us or can do it better than us with this. Look this, at us. This All is pretty of us awesome. This is, this is awesome. We actually leaned into Halloween and being able to have fun. It's a big kid's holiday, so let's just enjoy the magic and uh, – you know, I'll, maybe I'll play a little something for you on my oh, guitar. Wow. Yeah, exactly. oh. I'm the artist, wow. you know? You're like the exactly. vibes curator Absolutely. today. Absolutely. Shout been, out to Pat. I've been looking for Nikki, and I'm looking for a reason to kick <laughs> Boris Day in the Times' ass. So, yeah, that's what's going on today. It's hard for me to take you guys seriously today, though. I'm, we're, we're talking about James Harden. I'm looking at Evan. He's got these sunglasses and this ridiculous <laughs> wig on. Cece's curls are going as he's talking. <laughs> It's a, it's a tough day to be serious, but there's a lot going on. Oh, we got we got the little ghosts around me? Or are those oh. doves? I'm not sure. What What is that? You know, okay. outside of the wig, I'm very comfortable in this. Are you comfortable in this? Oh, that? I'm great in this. Yeah. I, I'm surprisingly comfortable yeah. in this. I didn't think I would be you that look comfortable damn good. Exactly. And like, you almost is it look the chiffon too good. shirt? Is that, is that what Everything it is? Everything just looks perfect. I love perfect. The, the pearls on the neckline. Oh, okay. Do you amazing. have a purple sport coat? Like, if you're going to go out for dinner and stuff, you want to rock a sport coat? Because I think purple no, looks I good No, I don't you. have a purple sport coat, I think but you the need tuxedo that I wore when I got married is purple. Ooh. Oh, so you knew going in, purple looked good on you for your prince outfit. I, I, I had a feeling. I wasn't sure. I wasn't quite sure if I'd be able to pull it off the execution. But I had a feeling, Ev. I have a feeling. You got that Raven's purple. Exactly. That's what it yeah, is. It is. The, it eye, is. the it eye makeup is. looks good on you, too, you with go. the purple. Yeah, we went with a smoky eye. Yeah. yeah well, there okay. we go. Very uh, prince. Lions last night win by 12 <laughs> points, 26-14. Weird game. It felt like the Lions should have won by about 30 last night. They had missed opportunities left and right. Jared Goff had a terrible pick six in this game to Marcus Peters, who's got a million of them seemingly in his career. But Goff finishes 26-37, 272, and a touchdown. Storylines in this game, I'll bring up two of them, guys, for you right off the bat. One, the Lions bouncing back from the awful loss against the Ravens. This is not a prove-it win against a bad Raiders team, but they needed to bounce back to get their record up. And two, Devontae Adams, one catch, 11 yards. One catch, 11 yards. Had, had some drops in there, too. But one catch, 11 yards. Yeah, the third down drop in the second half was consequential. Like, you typically don't see Devontae Adams making those types of mistakes. But that just lets you know he's not engaged. Mm-hmm. Adams doesn't want to be there. And so you run the risk of creating a malcontent out of a guy that's a leader in that locker room. There are plenty of young players that are looking up to Devontae Adams and trying to figure out, you know, how to become professionals in, in the NFL. And, and you don't want this dude to be the example from a culture standpoint and what you're trying to build out in Vegas. So, to me, I, I don't think the Raiders have any choice. I know the report came out this weekend that they're not looking to trade Devontae Adams. I, I don't think they can keep Devontae Adams. That's how bad it is on the offensive side of the ball. This offense could do nothing. I mean, the, even the turnover that they were able to generate off of the Josh Reynolds fumble – Jimmy Garoppolo turned around and gave it right back in the red zone. Those types of things can't happen. Now, I'll give credit where credit is due. With all of the miscues that that Lions offense had, that Lions defense stepped up and made stops when they had to. I mean, outside of the pick six – 
there were no points off of turnovers last night for Detroit. And that's credit to the sudden change. That's credit to Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator for Detroit. They had a different mentality on the field last night in Detroit as opposed to what we saw at M&D Bank Stadium last week against the Baltimore Ravens. So I wanted to see this Lions defense bounce back. Remember, that was the Achilles heel of last year's team, and it feels like that unit has turned a corner. If they can get stops in the way that we saw them last night consistently against quality opponents, then all of a sudden we have to start recalibrating our expectations for the Lions. They go from being a fun story, a team that hadn't won the division since it was renamed the NFC North, to now a team that could potentially be poised to go on a deep playoff run. Are you not there with them yet? Because I am. I, I wasn't there. I, listen, I was there, and then I got shaken a little bit by the way they got routed in Baltimore. I, I mean, teams that you think are capable of going on deep playoff runs don't get trounced 38-6. to six. Not usually. And so I guess that was the thing that I wanted to see. We know they're going to host a home playoff game because they're going to win their division. What happens after that is the question. Can yeah. they go on the road and beat the Philadelphia Eagles? Can they go on the road and beat a healthy San Francisco 49ers? Those are the things I want to know. Can they go on the road and potentially have to beat the Dallas Cowboys, depending on how things shake out? I don't know. And that's the thing that I want to see from Detroit. And the more evidence that I get based on how that defense plays and the team overall, the more confidence I'll have. Yeah, they they went by double digits last night. The defense, really critical in this game, considering that they missed a field goal. They turned the ball over three times, as you mentioned, and they were stalling early. But uh, I go back to the Devontae Adams portion of all of this, guys. It's kind of James Harden adjacent to where he doesn't want to be there. He's not, it's not as severe as James Harden, but he's not doing anything to make it known that he wants to stay there or doing anything on the field to make the case as to why he should stay there. Here's the irony of that comparison, Smalls. A year ago, and I'm not a James Harden like super fan by any stretch of the imagination. I have said many of times he was he, the way he plays my least favorite player in the league, even though I just said he, I think he'll help the Clippers. The, the difference is James Harden last year helped the 76ers for the majority of the season. Devontae Adams has done nothing, absolutely nothing for them this year in Vegas, and he spoke post game after their terrible loss last night to Detroit. I honestly, I, I don't know what to say at this moment. I, I truly don't. I wish I had the, the words to, you know, to say something that's not going to get blown up in the media and, and taken out of context. So I'm going to just, I, I truly, I just don't know. What are you feeling right now? Can you elaborate on anything going through your mind? Frustration, but I mean, that's, that kind of goes without saying. Devontae, I know you said that you know you have confidence whenever you're out there and offense's ability, but is it kind of hard to, to maintain that when the results are what they've been? No, it's not hard to maintain the confidence in our offense. It's just hard to curb your frustration when you can't put it together when you know you should. We're going to get to Adrian Wojnarowski and the James Harden trade in about five minutes, but CC, I want to wrap this by asking you one question because you said something that is really interesting just moments ago. You said... They could act like they don't want to trade him, but now they can't have him. He can't be there. Explain that, because that is a really interesting take. Well, I think it becomes toxic for your locker room and your organization, and this has been a franchise that's been trying to turn the page on all of those things over the last several years. Think about what happened with John Gruden. Think about what happened with Henry Ruggs, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Every, you know, The ownership being at odds with the NFL as a whole based on how they handled some of the things that came out about John Gruden. So I just don't know that the Raiders can afford to do that and to to keep Devontae Adams inside their program, inside their organization, and actually move their team forward. So that's why I think you're best served trading him to, to a contender, 
getting that draft capital that you gave up for him back and using those cap dollars elsewhere in your football team because you, you can't have a guy there being held hostage and the guy not be a productive player. That's the situation with Devontae Adams now. Massive blockbuster NBA trade sparked by a Woj bomb in the middle of the night. We will talk with Adrian Wojnarowski next on Sportsman like ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more. Mega blockbuster NBA trade in the middle of the night. Sixers have sent James Harden to the Clippers. The man, of course, who broke the story, ESPN NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski, his latest Woj pod with Bob Myers. Phenomenal. I think they're three for three on their pods together, maybe four for four in the ones they've done. Draymond Green, a part of a few of them. Excellent combo. Woj and Bob is part of the Countdown crew as well. And Adrian joins us now. Woj, how and why did this happen now? Uh, Good morning, guys. It happened for a number of reasons, including among them, take the belief in Philadelphia that they just were not going to be able uh, to work James Harden into that team, which had got, which has gotten off to a very good start. Tyrese Maxey, the young guard player of the week in the Eastern Conference, Embiid looking like the reigning MVP in winning two of those first three games and nearly beating uh, Milwaukee on the road opening night. I think a combination of that and just a motivated Clipper team to get this done. The Sixers went back to the Clippers again over the weekend um, and got these talks going again. And I think a big part of this for the for the Sixers, not taking back any future money so they have a ton of cap space next summer uh, to go out in free agency or to have the assets to do a big trade to bring in someone to play with Embiid. And they have the assets now to replace Harden at some point this season. They feel like they have enough draft capital that they got back in this trade, two first-round picks, a pick swap, two second-round picks. The, the key pick there, that's 2028 Clipper unprotected pick, which has a lot of value. Nobody knows how good the Clippers will be in 28 if this team will keep going or if this is a team without many young players, you know, could be in a rebuild by then. But the Sixers all along wanted to be able to have the picks to go out and do another trade this season. And so they're able to do that. And then the Clippers, 
They didn't want to give up Terrence Mann. They didn't have to do that. They're going to send Philly another pick that they're rerouting from a third team that's being finalized overnight. And they've got James Harden now to go with Paul George, with Kawhi Leonard, who both been healthy to start the season, Russell Westbrook, who has played with Harden in two different places, OKC and Houston. And now they think they have, got, they have a team in L.A. Um, that has enough firepower to compete with the elite and has a coach in Ty Lue that can coach Harden and can make this group work. Woj, with the expiring contracts that the Sixers acquired along with the draft capital, who are going to be the likely stars that the Sixers target in order to pair with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid? It's early. I think you look at it's going to be what perimeter players perhaps become available by the trade deadline. I'm sure they'll keep an eye on Toronto, see what they're going to do. Uh, as they get closer, deeper into the season, what direction does that organization go? Um, OG Ananobi has been a target for a lot of people in the league. Um, I would expect that might be the case again. And Toronto may make a decision about wanting to keep him and extending him. So uh, that's certainly a place to watch. But I think this is not the time of the year where teams are looking to make big deals. This was a unique situation. Uh, great need in, with both the Clippers and Philly to do something now. But you're not going to see teams don't give up and decide we're going to offload uh, a high-level player a week into the season. I think the Sixers will have to be patient, and that player will develop or, or some targets will develop as they get to the summer 15th and January 15th dates, which at that point uh, more players become eligible to be traded in the league uh, but the Clipper, I think the Sixers feel, and you've seen it to start the season, with Nick Nurse, a new coach, they've got a group here uh, that has played well, that they think they can sustain uh, some some good play. It looks like Tyrese Maxey's made another step in this league, and they get some role players in this trade who you know may be able to help here along the way. Um, not sure any of them are, are going to be real impactful for this team. But this was about the draft capital, and the Sixers got what they generally wanted in this deal. They did want man, so they could try to flip him. They didn't get him, and, and there's always going to be compromise in any of these trades. Woj, in the immediacy of this deal, which team is better positioned to win a title, the Clippers or the Sixers? It's a good question, Michelle. I think they're both. I think they're both still teams coming from behind in the respective conferences. Uh, I think the Clippers probably immediately, I, I think the thought with Philly is we may have to take half a step back to take a couple forward, and that's getting the draft capital. Now that's either doing, as we talked about, doing a trade later this year or being in position next year to do something really big. Uh, they've got to keep Joel Embiid on board with all of that. But I think for the Clippers, they're not sure their direction. Listen, in a perfect world, they would keep going forward with Paul George, with Kawhi Leonard, with Russell Westbrook. But contractually, they got to figure things out with the two all-star forwards. They've got to see those guys healthy through a season, especially Leonard, who has missed a lot of games. And I think this is, for the Clippers, a chance to really see what they can be, evaluate and see if this is just a rental and a one-shot deal and they go in another direction moving forward, 
or can they keep this group together, and is this a team that can go for it here over the next one, two, maybe three years? Talking with ESPN senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Woj, you mentioned about Embiid and the step back before they take the two steps forward. Is there a risk for Philly with Embiid in taking that step back? Well, the bigger risk was to do nothing and to to subject Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey and Nick Nurse to what could have become a really ugly situation. Uh, it was one thing to have to be in the preseason, to have Harden in and out, but now the games count for real. And while Harden had been generally fine being around this team so far, they knew everybody knew he didn't want to be there. He'd made that very clear. I think the fear was it was going to get worse and they just didn't want to have this hanging over them every day. And I think the Clippers view of this was guys, the longer we go into this season without a trade, the less you're going to get from us because James Harden has shown himself to be a sort of regular season ceiling raiser on your record. He's not shown himself to be a great postseason player. And so as those regular season games peel off the calendar, if you're the Clippers, you're not looking to offer more because you don't have them for as long. And so I think all of those things motivated everybody to get back together here and get this done. But there's no question there's risk with Embiid. They've got to, this team needs to play well. He's got to see the future, the promise. Tyrese Maxey is, there's no reason to think this isn't an all-star guard in the East moving forward. Tobias Harris is still a very good player in this league. And Embiid's in his prime. And so um, that's their goal now is to convince him that, you know, again, that, again, that they can go out and improve this team before the season's over and be able to make a run at it against very, very talented Boston, Milwaukee teams in the East. Well, was your part of the frustration for Harden in Philly was him not getting the contract that he was looking for long-term from Daryl Morey. Any idea as to whether or not the front office for the Clippers are planning to extend James Harden anytime soon? They, they can't extend him right now. Uh, it would have to be at the end of the season. I don't think there's any promises there. Again, they've got to figure out with the Clippers what direction they're going. Are they going to come back with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George moving forward? Both of those guys will be up for extensions. They can do new deals. They can opt out and become free agents. Um, And so I I think that Harden may very well be on one-year deals the rest of the way. Now, they may be significant one-year deals, but that's what he's playing for right now is to show that he can be counted on. He can show he wants to be somewhere um, for the foreseeable future. Uh, But – yeah, there's no motivation for the Clippers. to Again, they can't extend him. He would be able to do a new contract at the end of the season because he opted in to this last one-year deal. So he's very much on the clock uh, with this Clipper organization and his future in the league. I mean, he's going to be in the league, but it's a question of he's walked away from some really big contract extensions, one in Houston, one in Brooklyn, and then he's not going to make that money up right now. Um he didn't go into free agency to see what Philly might offer him. Um, he he opted into his deal before free agency started, and so there was no there was no contract that the Sixers could give him. He became an expiring contract. 
Well, let's finish with this. What is the role of the third team in this deal? The role of the third team is to provide will be the Clippers are going to provide some kind of compensation to them, perhaps a pick swap, and it gets a future first to Philly. It won't be, I don't think it'll be as attractive of a pick as that 28 unprotected uh, Clipper pick. But the goal was for Philly, if we can't get Terrence Mann, you got to give us another first. And so the Clippers are using some other assets to get a first. That will be finalized here today. But uh, so at the end of this, the Clippers get two, the Sixers get two firsts, two seconds, and a pick swap. A uh, pretty good return for a player in James Harden that nobody else really wanted or was bidding on in the league. Woj, amazing job breaking this story in the middle of the night and then joining us this morning. We really do appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. There is Adrian Wojnarowski, obviously doing a phenomenal job breaking this story and getting it all uh, from all different angles here. The one step back for the two step forward, but the two steps forward for Philly could come literally in a couple of months as they have all the assets in the world, as he just said, to get that next star. And then the Clippers are kind of in wait and see mode. Like, let's yep. see what you guys yep. do before we're going to commit to you past this year as we're having serious conversations wearing costumes coming up canty's power rankings we will get to that in a little bit also it is trade deadline day in the nfl who could get moved today we'll get to that next on sportsmanlike espn radio this is the unsportsmanlike podcast on espn radio kirk cousins done for the season welcome back to unsportsmanlike on espn radio presented by progressive insurance well we play purple rain because it is halloween and one of us dressed like prince I'm dressed like a 1980s guy. I don't even know. I'm going 80s today. 80s Smalls. guy. 80s guy. Hey, 80s, hey guy. 80s guy. Like Dag Prescott. <laughs> and you're what? Tell everybody for listening on the those I'm listening on the Cruella radio. I'm Cruella Deville, darling. And you? Oh. Well, once again, Cece is not here. We don't know where he went. Now he's wearing such an elaborate getup that we do <laughs> wonder. If he had to go to the men's room as to whether or not getting it on and off could be a problem for him. Yes. So maybe we give him a little bit of a pass on this. I'm not sure. I don't know. We did set the precedent, though, that if he was late to segment again, he has to pay in the jar. Yes. And um, this is now the fourth time in what? Two weeks? Yeah, two weeks. So I don't know where he is now, but anyway, we uh, we continue. We're talking about Kirk Cousins. Trade deadline today in the NFL, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Now, a reminder, the, the trade deadline is today in the NFL, yet the NBA may have stolen the trade deadline because they may have had the biggest trade with James Harden going to the Clippers that we saw in the middle of the night last night. You just heard from Adrian Wojnarowski. If you missed that, you can go back on the ESPN app later and listen to our podcast. Uh, plus, you had Monday Night Football with the Lions over the Raiders last night. World Series game number three. Rangers take a 2-1 lead. All of those heard on ESPN Radio. But as we approach the deadline today at 4 p.m. Eastern, oh, Prince is back. Um, and they played Purple Rain for you coming back too, Prince. Um, as we approach the deadline today at 4 p.m. Eastern, the Vikings are certainly a team to keep an eye on as to what they do at that quarterback position, if anything. I can't imagine that's easy to get on and off, by the way, that whole get up there. No, it's not. But the sacrifices that we make as an artist sometimes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's very, very difficult. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's so a commitment. The, the Vikings, I mean, it seems as if they're not necessarily going to go for a quarterback, at least as of this moment. We've seen the name Jameis Winston uh, currently with the Saints floated out there. You do wonder as to whether or not they will talk to Arizona. You know, Arizona makes a change to their quarterback position. Either uh, Clayton Toon or Kyler Murray going to be their starter. Josh Dobbs on the bench. No one is saying Josh Dobbs is Kurt Warner or Carson Palmer in a uh, Cardinals uniform, but he's certainly not a terrible option. More touchdowns and interceptions on the season. Eight compared to five, three rushing touchdowns. Let's start with Minnesota with Cousins out for the season. Is there a name that we think they could go after today, uh, Smalls? I think Colt McCoy is one that a lot of people have circled. I know he's at the top of the list on our graphic that we just showed on the television side, but he's really familiar with Kevin O'Connell. They had two years together in Washington. He knows the scheme. He he knows the coach, and I think that this is a veteran player that they could bring in for relatively uh, – little cost that might be an easy transition based on the familiarity there. Yeah, I think Colt McCoy is the obvious answer on that one. This is a guy that was moved early on uh, before uh, the regular season kicked off. And I think there's the potential for um, the Vikings to still allow Jaron Hall to show what he can do even after they acquire Colt McCoy. I do think they have to be in the veteran quarterback market, but I also think they're better served by giving the young guy an opportunity to play just to see what he can actually do. I get it. The schedule is enticing. It feels like there's an easy opportunity to compete for one of those wild card spots in a wide open NFC. But I think you have to resist the urge to go all in on this team because you have to be realistic about what this team is capable of accomplishing. Even though I think that the Vikings, because of their schedule, would have an opportunity to be in the playoff mix in December. This is not a team that I would circle as a a, a squad that can go on a deep playoff run. So be sober-minded when you're making these decisions. And based on what we've seen from their front office and their head coach, I don't think they have any illusions on who they are. Let's stay in the NFC North as the trade deadline comes your way at 4 p.m. Eastern today. Our Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL Insider, reported that Jalen Johnson of the Bears, a cornerback, has requested a trade. They almost worked out a new deal last week per Fowler. Didn't come to that agreement. CeCe, how good is this guy? And who should be looking at him? Oh, he's an outstanding football player. I mean, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't go for a first-round pick. Oh, wow. I mean, he's that good of a football player. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with him. You always look for cornerbacks and for pass rushers. Those are commodities, commodities that are hard to find at the trade deadline. I, I mean, so if there's one that comes available that is about to enter into their prime, then you absolutely have to consider it. Jalen Johnson, he's got the size. He's got the skills. Uh, I mean, he's scheme diverse. He can be in man. He can be in zone. He, he, he can, he's a playmaker. He's a ball hawk. So I, I just think that this is a guy that a lot of teams should be in on that are viewed as contenders. 
The San Francisco 49ers would be one of those teams. We had talked about the areas that they need to look to upgrade. We talked about being able to add on the offensive line. I think they're also served by being able to add on the back end of that defense. Remember what it looked like this past Sunday against Jamar Chase where he went for 10 catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. Remember what it looked like two weeks ago against the Minnesota Vikings with Jordan Addison going off. It's clear and obvious that the 49ers, if their pass rush is not going to be more productive, that they're going to have to add on the back end of that defense. Jalen Johnson would be an outstanding get. All right, the other piece of news over the last 24 hours relative to impact players impacting good teams right now is the Leonard Williams trade. Goes from your Giants, uh, wore your old number, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. uh, with the Giants 99 there, yep. and he goes to uh, the Seattle Seahawks. How good is Williams? How good is he for Seattle? And what does this tell you about the Giants now as the deadline today is 4 p.m. Eastern? Well, he's a three-down defensive tackle. So I love the move for Seattle, being able to bolster their front. Remember, that's a defense that's built back to front. So being able to add more playmakers in your front seven is going to be huge for them. And Boye Mafe is a pass rusher that's really starting to come on. Daryl Taylor is another guy that had a big game. He's starting to starting to come around and be more productive for them. So I think Seattle is continuing to add in an area – that they needed to eventually address, I thought the Leonard Williams trade was an outstanding gift for them. I also think it's amazing that they have this sense of urgency now that the San Francisco 49ers have had a little bit of a regression. They're looking at their opportunity to not only maybe win the division, but be a force in the NFC. They're in, they're in first place. They're acting like it. Yeah. Right? That's really what it is. It's like, oh, we're in first place now. Let's act like it. Let's stay there. Uh, we got about 30 seconds, CC, on this one. How how does this impact the Giants today? I've, I've been saying that they should trade Saquon. Well, I think now they're, they're being realistic about what this team is capable of doing. There's only two teams that have a worse record than the Giants. So moving on from Leonard Williams was an obvious decision. He's not a guy that factors into their long-term future. I think this is the day that you offload the rest of those guys. Adoree Jackson, I know Saquon wants to be there, but you got to try to consider trading him if teams are calling about him. Well, trade deadline today, 4 p.m. Eastern in the NFL. Not sure any deal in the NFL today will top the deal we saw in the middle of the night from the NBA. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.